you haven't met me yet, my name is Nate, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church, and I'm so excited and delighted that you joined us today. We're in our fourth week of our Greatness series. How many has been enjoying this series? Anybody been enjoying it? Awesome. Sorry, I forgot how to talk for a second. Anybody been enjoying this series? Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're believing that God has great things in store for you, that the greater one actually lives in you. And that the best is yet to come when you believe in the greatness that he sees and perceives in your future. Amen? Today in your notes, we're calling this one Subtle Signs. Everybody say Subtle Signs. And uh, Subtle Signs of Greatness. They're subtle, but they're there. Has anyone ever been on like a guided tour of some sort? A guided tour? Uh, maybe you went to a museum and you had a guided tour, maybe in your ear, or maybe like a real person. Uh, maybe you went on an excursion, on a vacation. We went ziplining through Jamaica's forest trees on our honeymoon, and it was like a guided tour. It was very fun. Uh, anybody ever been like a trek up a mountain with a, with a tour guide or a, a journeyman, a trekker? I don't know. Guided tours with Sherpas and stuff, yes. Uh, when we were in Rwanda, we went to Rwanda, and we went on a safari guided tour. We drove through this huge national park and saw zebras and elephants and hippos and giraffes and warthogs and wildebeest just roaming around in the wild. And everywhere you went, not only was there wildlife, there were signs of wildlife everywhere, okay? In India, we went on a guided tour of the Taj Mahal, which is basically just a tomb for a king. And without the guide, I had no idea what I was looking at. I couldn't read anything. I had no idea the details and the significance and the different signs of life that I would have completely missed had it not been for the tour guide, right? But one of the first guided tours that really just woke me up to the, the essence and the necessity of a tour guide is uh, when I was a kid. I went on a nature trail tour through a forest with a guy that was like kind of Ranger Rick. You guys remember Ranger Rick? It was kind of like Ranger Rick. I just associated him with the magazines that came to my house called Ranger Rick. And he had like a big hat on and he took us through the forest right here in upstate New York because of course I had been in the woods before. This is when kids used to play outside. We would spend hours in the woods. I grew up in the woods all the time. But on this tour, I found out that for years, literally years of my life, I was missing all the signs of life that were all around me, right in front of me. But I had no idea what they were. And on this nature trail tour, there were things that I had probably seen a million times before, but had no idea the signs of life that they pointed to that were right there before me. Coyote tracks, you know, deer rubbings on trees, beaver teeth marks, beaver dams, you know, bear claws in trees, and termite mounds, and different droppings that I could never identify before. And all these things I had seen before, but had no idea that I was seeing them. Isn't that kind of crazy? To me, it was just trees and mud and piles of dirt and maybe, you know, droppings of sorts, you know? But with Ranger Rick, it's almost as if you could see everything happening in front of you, but it wasn't actually there. But all the signs of life were so vivid. They were so in my face. And I realized a person who does this all the time, who, who takes this journey on a regular basis, has the ability to see signs of life where I might miss them. I wonder of how many of us travel through our particular path in life, and we never see the signs anywhere. There's signs all around us, but we never see them. Never really knowing that there was life more abundantly happening all around us, we just missed the essence of the sign. You catch what I'm saying? And I also started to wonder how many times in our own lives we missed the subtle signs. There's subtle signage all around us. 
And maybe some of you here who are thinking to yourself, I like Christmas, you know? I love the idea of Christmas. I like the trees. I like Santa. But there's, there's no proof of God. There's no evidence of God. There are no signs of God in my life. If anything, there's signs of an absence of God or maybe a really, really big gap of what God should do if he really were God. And maybe you've even prayed a prayer like, God, if you're out there, just give me some kind of sign, you know? Maybe you've dated somebody and you play that song. Give me some kind of sign, boy, that you need me. Tell me that you love me. It's all right. You know, something like that. Like, give me some kind of sign. But I wonder how many of us live in life seeing signs but not knowing their signs. I think of the wise men. They looked at the stars all the time and they were familiar with paths. And it's like, wow, you see something that's right there in front of me, but I don't see it. I don't really catch it. And being convinced that there are no signs of life anywhere, that there are no signs of God, no signs that actually point the way to finding life that we're longing for, the real life, the abundant life, like seeing the bear in the woods life. You know what I'm saying? But you ever notice that in retrospect, when you look back on things, you see signs. You're like, oh, oh, there's a sign right in front of me. The signs were so obvious. You ever made a horrible decision and act as if you could never have known that? Unless you went through it. But everybody in your life, everybody else in your life somehow just knew that you chose to ignore the signs. The signs were there, but you didn't pay attention to the signs. See, I think so many times we make life decisions and we act as if there's no way to know for sure. Who knows what could happen? But then we look back, we see signs everywhere that said, don't make that choice, you dummy. Don't, something was off the whole time. Don't choose this particular path in life. And I think when it comes to God, we may look through our lives wondering where are the signs of God just like man I don't know if he's really going to help and we look back and we see signs of life that God was involved in everywhere I look back when I was oblivious and I see God protecting my life I see God uh, setting my life up divinely I see God doing things and making connections with people that had I not made those connections I would never have lived that life to the fullest if you're looking for signs this is the cool thing if you're really looking for signs you'll see them everywhere Bible says, if you seek the Lord with all your heart, he will be found of you. If you look for signs, you see life everywhere. It's fascinating to me how many people pick up on the most nuance of signs if that sign means something to them. Where many of us, we, we would never see like a star of David around somebody's neck. Lots of us would just see it and ignore it, but we'd think very little of it. Some of us wouldn't even notice the difference between a five-point star and a six-point star, even though there's a big difference. But if I... If I were a Jew, if I were to wear the star of David, that star carries significance. And to you, it might just look like a star, but it, you don't know. It's, it's a five-point star, and it's a significant star, and it has a lot of pain attached to it and a lot of triumph attached to it. It's the star of David. It's important to me, and it, I carry something at my core when I see that star. And I think it's so fascinating that we can have a sign as small as like a little necklace around our necks and, and be acknowledged by so many and ignored by so many others. Because that sign means something to me. If you're looking for it, you see it. And it means nothing to so many other people. And it means so much to some at the same time. It's just a sign. We're people of signs. I don't know if you know this, but the world makes the most money off signs. Signs are everywhere. They're on your phone. They're in your face. They're on the roads. They're in this building. They're in every place you go. Signs are always in our lives. It's fact, in fact, uh, it might not be deep or profound, but sometimes I'll have someone come up to me. And I will think, like, man, I got 
I got a question for you, Pastor. They'll say, I got a question for you. I'll be like, wow, I'm really excited. Something complimentary is about to come my way. Like, you were listening, and I can always hope, like, man, you were engaged. Something really good happened. They, I have a question for you. And they go, finally, I've broken through to you. I, I, I showed you something. I finally unlocked your heart and opened your mind and expanded your imagination. And I go, what's the question? What do you want to know after hearing me talk for a whole hour? And they say, was, was that a real Gucci shirt, or was that like a knockoff? I like the Gucci, the Gucci shirt. Oh my gosh, are you, that's that's what you that's what I unlocked for you. That's what you were wondering the whole time. The sign. You know what it is? The signs pull us in. They tell us whether we belong sometimes, or tell us if we don't belong. By the way, I got the I got the Gucci shirt in India, so it's not real Gucci. I I, I don't know. I mean. They kind of tell you, do you belong, you don't belong. This is who you are, this is who you aren't. And if you're dating, you better learn how to read the signs, right? Because it's every great romance that you ever watch in any show about people who are giving signs are about people who cannot read the signs right in front of them. Like, how long will it take you to see that she's in love with you? Not her, her, right? You know, the one that's with you all the time, who shows up at the coffee when you're sad, the girl who's there when you're falling apart, not the girl who's dating the other guy. Read the signs. By the way, that's a sign, right? Signs. You guys catching what I'm saying? I know I'm spending some time on this, but I want you to catch it because signs are everywhere and we miss them sometimes. I've missed highway signs before. Sometimes I miss speed suggestions, you know? <laughs> I don't be, believe in limits. We're doing a greatness series. God is unlimited. I believe in an unlimited God. I believe in the impossible. I believe in the incredible. I, I, when I see a sign suggestion like that, I believe it's possible. When I see that speed limit, I say, no, you, you got to believe, man. We can do more than 65. We can do more than 70. You know what I'm saying? All things are possible to those who believe. Don't try to limit my life. There's some signs I've missed that I shouldn't have missed, like stop signs. It's hard to ignore stop signs, but I've missed, anybody ever missed a stop sign? I don't believe in missing the stop signs. I do believe in missing the, the speed suggestions. <laughs> and for all the stop signs that I've missed, you know, I've never missed a stop sign on purpose. Have you? Well, maybe you have. I don't know. I, I've just never missed a stop sign just because I wanted to. I usually miss it because I didn't see it. Like somebody judges you. Like, why'd they put it in the corner? Off to the right, you know? And why is it red? I think there should be another color. It's like, I didn't see that one. And what's amazing is there are signs all the time. They just get translated differently depending on what we're looking for. So much power in perspective. And obviously, it's a really big difference what the signs say depending on who your guide is. I love the Holy Spirit. He will guide us in all truth. The Holy Spirit guides us. He navigates us through more than just the written word, but the rhema word. He, he brings us alive to something that he guides us through the truth of the word of God. And we say, you will be our guide, Jesus. You will be our guide, Spirit of Christ. And, we, we, and we, we say, we want you to guide our life because we want to look through the lens that you have. And I love that story that Jesus coming to earth began way, way long before Jesus ever came to earth. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, in this one verse, God tells us this. He says, therefore, the Lord himself, God Almighty himself, the creator of everything, he will give you a, a sign. Therefore, the Lord himself, God, the author and the finisher, he's going to give you a sign. 
Who's the sign for, everybody? It's not for him. It's for us. And here's a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And we will call him Emmanuel. Long before Jesus was ever conceived in the womb of Mary, he was conceived in the mind of God. Long before Jesus ever took his first breath in our atmosphere or his first steps on our planet, God had already prepared the story for us as a sign. And I love the fact that God isn't just doing this for himself as much as he's doing it for us. See, the signs aren't for God. The sign is of Jesus coming into the world is not a sign for God so we can remember how he feels about humanity or what he promised to us or what only he can do for us. The sign is for us. Jesus is for us. He says, I want you to know this whole thing is going to start off with me giving you a sign in my son because you're going to need one. And the sign that you cannot miss is the sign that God has sent his son for you. The sign that you cannot afford to miss is the sign that God has sent for you so that you might not go racing through life missing the sign that actually brings you to life have you ever been racing through life and missed the sign that brings you to life maybe you risk your life by going through the wrong sign you know what I'm saying we want to get to life not just through life it's so easy to miss the important signs of life you know doctors give you signs you're supposed to look for symptoms right so what happens if you have a disease? You don't know you have the disease because the disease is actually hidden on the inside of you. You actually know you have the symptoms of the disease. And you want to pay attention and look at the signs your body is telling you. And sometimes people say, oh, why do I need God in the first place? I mean, why did Jesus really have to put on flesh, come to earth? Why did all this have to happen? I mean, of all the different possibilities, why would God have to step into human history walk among us, take on flesh and blood, live a sinless and perfect life? Why would God allow himself to be beaten and battered? Why would God allow himself to be whipped and torn apart to shreds? Why would he have to do all this garbage? Why in the world would God allow himself to be crucified, then buried, and then raised from the dead? It's just drama. Why would God have to do all of that for us? We're pretty good people. It's because we're not very good at reading the signs. And we miss obvious signs. And we don't understand why the sign is so important. Like, why is the sign so important? See, we think, see, we think that the signs of the human condition are not connected to the brokenness of the human essence. There is human condition all around us, and we don't think that has anything to do with us, but it really does. It's our essence. And we have signs, signs that look like bitterness. Ooh. Signs that look like jealousy. Innately, signs that look like greed, signs that look like violence, signs that look like anger. And we're all like, these are just circumstantial. No, no, no. They come from somewhere. We all have these signs. We all mistreat each other. We betray each other. We abandon each other. <sighs> come on. We all have signs everywhere. We have signs of wars, signs of abandonment, signs of abuse. We have signs all over the world. The families that are broken into pieces and humans that are shattered to pieces. And we think those things are just incidentals. That they're just the result of really bad circumstances. If we could fix the circumstances, we could fix the human essence. But what God is saying is, no, you need to learn how to read the signs, man. It's not externally out there that's happening to you. There's something internally a disease internally that you can't see, but you got to read the signs. Because the signs of human history are everywhere. The signs of history repeating itself are everywhere. 
pointing to the fact that there's something broken inside of all of us that we cannot repair ourselves. And so what God has done, sending Jesus into the world, the sign to you, he's saying, I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to give you a sign that shows you what your soul actually needs, what it actually requires. The sign that I'm sending is Jesus alone is the hope for humanity. That's the sign you need to see. Jesus alone leads to life to the fullest, eternally and physically on the earth. And when the sign showed up, the sign from God of the universe, it's kind of a peculiar one because it's not that overwhelming. Here's a sign. It's a baby. I know we're all supposed to be excited about babies. Like, oh, Google over babies. There's billions of them, God. Billions of them. In fact, it's kind of underwhelming in that it's a baby. Wouldn't you say? But not just a baby. A sign is a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. See, a baby is mundane. There have been millions and billions of babies recently. But a baby born of a virgin, that's miraculous. There's only one that's ever been recorded in all of human history. It's a miraculous thing that a virgin would conceive and have a son. But by the end of the day, it's still just a baby that can fly under the radar. Babies are kind of normal. I have three of them. It wasn't that hard to get them. You know what I'm saying? They're like, babies are pretty normal. Oh, they're miracles. They're beautiful creations. Okay, but it's a baby. It's not that spectacular. And when I read this, I thought, you know, God, you could have been a little bit more spectacular in your entrance. I mean, do you know how to make an entrance? Have you ever been around somebody that just is really good at making an entrance and they command the attention of the room they walk into? They walk in, everybody looks in their direction. Isn't that the way God should be, like, so magnetic and charismatic? I mean, if he's trying to impact all of humanity and change the course of human history, shouldn't the entrance be more dramatic, more spectacular? I mean, less insignificant, like babyish? Deer, six pound, eight ounce, baby Jesus, you know? That that could even be a statement from Ricky Bobby? And more incredible, don't you think it should be more like God, like God-like? And I sort of think, well, he's pretty good at making exits. He made a pretty big, right? Crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. He literally floated into the atmosphere. You're pretty good at exits, God. Huge exit. I mean, that's an epic exit. There's this guy named Elijah that God was with, and the Bible says he didn't die. He went up in a tornado chariot of fire. That's a, bam, great exit. That's a great exit. I mean, drop the mic right there. Okay, am I right? Are you guys catching this? You know how to make an exit? Crucifixion, resurrection from death, right? Overcoming death itself, and then ascension into heaven while people watch you float away. Okay, all right, God. If you know how to exit with a chariot of fire, if you know how to exit by conquering death and coming back from the grave, couldn't you have created a more dramatic entrance? More grabby, sign-filled entrance? But the entrance is significant. And if you miss it, it's a huge flashing sign. Because it actually points the way to access the hope that all of us need. See, if Jesus had come to the world in a spectacular fashion, like in a chariot of fire, it would have been miraculous and super momentous. And like, wow, it would have been so miraculous, but it would have misguided us. It would have been a sign that misguided humanity for the rest of our lives. 
See, if Jesus would have stepped into human history parting oceans, he's done that before, parting Red Seas, he could have done it again. If he had parted waters and stepped into human history like some Greek god in mythology, it would have been impressive, right? But it would not have made the same impact or transformation on us. Because we would have always looked for God in the spectacular. We would always only say the spectacular is God and the simple can't be God. We would always look for God out there in the magical and the miraculous moments and like, wow, where's my Disney moment from the divine one? But he said, no, my entrance has everything to do with my solution for the human condition. A virgin is going to give birth, that's right, to a son. And his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And that actually created a huge theological problem, by the way. My parents grew up Roman Catholic, and maybe you did too. And one of the things you learned about is the Immaculate Conception, which is the idea that says, wait a minute, wait a minute, just hold on just a second. God can't be born of a virgin. Because that means he's beginning inside of a sinful human being. I want you to catch this because it's a big sign. That creates a huge problem. So a theology was made up, created to say, well then, Mary had to be without sin. She must have been perfect. Because the only way she could actually give birth to God or Jesus is if she didn't have any sin herself. And now we worship her and we pray to her because she is sinless divinity too. But that misses the whole point of the sign. See, the only hope is that we have Emmanuel, which means God with us. God in us. The only hope is that we have Emmanuel who can come and dwell within sinful vessels. Normal people. Not divinity. God with us. In all of our imperfection. In all of our brokenness. In all of our sinfulness. In all of our jacked up behavioral attitudes. So God didn't need to clean things up for Jesus to come through. Actually, I believe he left them messy on purpose. He did that thing on purpose. He didn't have to clean up a very average normal barn in a field with a feeding trough. We call that a manger, but it was just a feeding trough. It sounds romantic. He was born in a manger. You know how dirty a manger is? how sinful a manger is? You know how disgusting sheep slobber is? He didn't have to clean up the barn, and he didn't have to clean up the womb of a normal human being like Mary. He didn't clean it up before he came. He didn't clean it up before he came. He didn't clean it up, and he still doesn't clean it up before he comes. He doesn't expect you to clean it up before he comes. He meets you right where you're at because we have a God who knew exactly what he was doing coming into and through messy humanity. Coming into and through messy Mary. He was coming into a space that was broken, obviously flawed, stained, full of shortcomings, darkness. And he stopped and stepped into our humanity. This is what makes him amazing. He stopped and he stepped into our brokenness. He stepped and he met us where we were at in all of our imperfection, all of our brokenness. And this is what I love about Jesus. He didn't come and walk outside of us, but he came to walk among us 
and with us and in us. Come on. This will be a sign to you. See, the sign was coming through a broken humanity on purpose. In Luke 2.12, God sends angels to some of the dirtiest outcasts in all of society, being shepherds. And they say, in uh, Luke 2.12, this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in milk rags, lying in a feeding trough. Wow, that's pretty normal. It's kind of dirty. Milk rags for cows' udders, you know what I mean? We call them swaddling clothes. That's what they were. And lying in a manger, it's a feeding trough. The kings, or wealthy magi, they follow a star too, a sign too, which was a sign to them in their level, in their language. If you were here last night, they were more like pagan priests reading the sky than they were Judeo-Christian men looking for the God of the Bible. I want you to catch this. They were looking for the king of kings, and they didn't even believe in the God of the Bible. They were looking at a sign, a star. Because God meets people, wealthy people, where they're at, and shepherd people where they're at. And he uses normal people, like Joseph and Mary, like you and me, middle class people, where they're at. I mean, the whole story is smothered in, I'm stepping into your brokenness at the highest level, at the lowest level, and everybody in between can be a part of carrying God to their generation. My God, he's awesome. The kings of wealthy magi followed a sign star. The shepherds got a star sign, a sign of babies in mangers, babies in milk rags and feeding troughs from the angels. I mean, signs are everywhere. And they came offering gifts of gold and bowing down to a two-year-old baby, Jesus. I'm so glad we have beautiful signs like lights and wreaths and Christmas trees and nativities. I'm for every sign at Christmas. You want to put up a Christmas sign? You go right ahead. Merry stinking Christmas. You call it Xmas if you want. I don't even care. We're celebrating Christmas. I want to light up the world. Light up your house. I love Christmas in every aspect of it, unapologetically. And there's no such thing as too many lights. There's no, I don't know where that phrase came from, too many lights, too over the top. I love it all. Bring on the lights, baby. But when God stepped into human history, there was no flash. There was no spectacular. There was no grandeur. It was a human moment full of subtle signs. Babies in mangers and cloths. Subtle. The star is shining in the middle of a sky full of stars. Very subtle. It was the most human moment that's ever happened. He was sending a message. I am 100% God, and I am going to be 100% man on your level. God stepped into human history in the womb of an ordinary human being. I don't care what theology you've heard. Mary was normal. She was obedient vessel with perhaps the most ordinary name ever known for a woman. Her name was Mary. There's something about Mary. Least favorite Christmas song of all time? I don't want to offend you. I won't say it. It's Mary, did you know? <laughs> don't play that song around me, please. It's just something personal, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I like all the other Christmas songs. Grandma got run over by a reindeer is better than Mary, did you know, to me. So I'm just kidding. I know. I know. I just made lots of enemies. But her name was Mary, everybody. Mary's everywhere. And God came into human history in the same way he wants to come into your life. But being Emmanuel, 
God with you in the middle of your normal humanity. God in you in the middle of your messy humanity. And this is why we celebrate this moment, because it's actually more grandeur than you might guess. Because a God who seems so distant and so obscure and so unknowable and so echoey in the chambers of eternity and so untouchable broke through every barrier, destroyed every obstacle, removed everything that could ever separate us from relating to him. And he stepped into our space where we could not crawl our way, beg our way, borrow our way to fight our way to God. But God fought his way to us through all the mess. He was being chased down as a baby for two years. God fought his way to us. See, so, so many say, well, isn't it okay? I mean, aren't all religions kind of the same? Don't they all take us to the big God guy? And I go, no. All religions are not the same. And when Christianity becomes a religion, it's not the same either. Because all religions are is humans' attempts to find their way to God. And that is so frustrating, isn't it? For us to have to find our way to the big guy in the sky. Because it seems like whenever we try to get to God, God just moves back and he creates greater distance between us and him. And so whether you call it heaven or nirvana or enlightenment, whether it's through Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, or Christianity, whatever it might be, whenever we create a religion that says, this is how I gain God's love. This is how I gain God's favor. This is how we gain God's grace. We have missed the whole point. We have missed the sign that God sent through his son. Because the sign of Jesus... The sign of Jesus is the sign that says there is no need to create a religion that tries to get to God. You will never be on his level because God has already done everything he ever needs to do to get on your level. He's done everything we need him to do for us to have a relationship with him. I want you to catch this. It's not Emmanuel translated us with God. It's Emmanuel, translated, God with us. And there is a big difference between us getting to God and God getting with us. This is the grandeur of Christmas. These are the miracle moments that lead you to greatness. They're subtle signs, but they lead you to a great big life of life to the fullest, where you will live a life of suffocation if you try to seek and find your way to Jesus through your own self, through your own works, through your own do-goodism, through watch me, I can do this. It's so frustrating to live a life of you getting to God. It is so relieving and so blissful to give a life that says, God got to me. He chose me when I rejected him. He loved me when I wanted nothing to do with him. He got to me when I was running from him. He's so much better than me. I receive his love. I receive his acceptance. I receive his grace. He got with me. He put on skin. He came really normal so he could relate to our normalcy. I want to tell you we have a high priest who is in touch with the feelings of your infirmity, of your sickness, of your pain, of your brokenness. 
He's sending a message that says, you never can go too far and nothing can hurt bad enough for me not to come and be accessible to you, nigh unto you, touchable to you. I am your God that comes close to you. It might seem unspectacular, you know, a baby that came through and to humanity, another baby, it's almost invisible. It blends right in, right? How insignificant. But the truth is, it's incredible and the most impactful sign if you would just read it this morning. Just read the sign. Because God is always a God of intimacy. It's incredible and way more impactful when you know the God of intimacy. He's far more interested in you knowing his intimate love, encountering his brand new mercy this morning, experiencing his compassion and his kindness on your level, and he is showing off what it means to be God, 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 God. He's already created the universe. <laughs> he already holds your breath in his hand. Really, what else is he going to do? He's created everything that exists. Everything that is and all things that are were created in him and by him and held together through him. Everything far and beyond we could ever imagine. See, God already went insanely big. Now he's just going intimately detailed into the level and the life that you have in 2021. Don't miss the signs. Don't miss the signs. I mean, the signs were so subtle, weren't they? There are people looked at the sky every night, missed the sign that kings traveled and invested real-time money, space, and energy into. And what they saw as valuable, they risked time, money, reputation, even their lives. At one point in the story, the kings, the kings, the magi risked their lives to get to a sign to see Jesus. To go see what Joseph's neighbors in the apartment next to theirs complained about being too loud every night. While people are complaining about the sign that was sent from God Almighty because it cries too loud at night, other people were spending real money, real time, real risk, risking their lives to go see that baby that other people were complaining about. There's subtle signs. And it's not just people in Persia who weren't aware and people in Europe who weren't aware or the tribes that were migrating from Asia that were unaware that God had stepped into human history. It's even the people in Israel who were unaware. And I would say even the people in Bethlehem who were packed in every hotel, in every bar, in every pub, they were so unaware. In fact, there's probably a bar just a few feet over from the manger where the barn was, where they were drinking and talking and wondering, when is the Messiah going to come? And some are probably like, nah, that's just a fable. It's just a myth. That's what our parents told us to help us sleep at night. It's never going to happen. We're always going to be under Jewish slash Roman Empire rule. In fact, I just imagine there's somebody just a few feet away from where God was entering human history himself saying there is no God. There's just no proof of God. There are no signs of God. Is it possible to be so close to God, even in a religion, and so unaware that He is present and intimate and for you and can actually help you beyond Sunday morning applause? And maybe that's you. See, maybe you're the person who is so close to what God is doing in the world, yet so unaware of it. But He wants you to see the signs. It's not enough to see the sky. 
It's not enough to see the individual stars. The wise men would say to you and I, you need to know what the stars mean and see the importance of the phenomena when it happens. Because everybody sees the stars, but not everybody reads the signs. Everybody might be in church, but not everybody intimately connects to the sign being Jesus, born of a virgin. Most of the world, it's just another starry night. And yeah, there's stars in the sky, and it's nice, and it's a cute message, and wow, God's creation is beautiful tonight. But they don't see the signs or know the significance of what deemed that level of kingly investment, caravans of investment, gold, frankincense, and myrrh type investment. You see, once you see the signs, you need to pay attention. If we go back in retrospect, once you see the signs of God intervening in your life, you need to pay attention backwards, presently, and into your future. You got to see where the stars are pointing. You got to see the signs that everybody else says, oh, that was just coincidence. That was just happenstance. And you got to start stepping in the direction where God is calling you toward the significant. I wish I could say that if I had been born in the time where Jesus was and in that moment, I would be there. Of course I would be there. I'm a Christian. But I can look at my life and know there have been way too many moments where I should have been somewhere else. I can almost guarantee you (laughs) I would not have been there. If I had paid more careful attention to what God is doing, and this is not a guilt trip, but the point is this. Sometimes signs are more subtle than you think. And sometimes you think you're seeing all the signs, heard all the messages, reading all the signs, and you're missing the sign still. Even though it seems like so obvious it's Christmas of course Jesus is the reason for the season shut up and listen to the sign because there's more to it than that we got to keep Christ in Christmas okay fine what's the sign and how does it affect your real life because it's more subtle than you think it is and subtle signs like stars or subtle signs like simple shepherds like a baby rags and mangers they get simply missed all the time where God is speaking to you and you hear all the words but you don't hear the message (laughs) you get missed it doesn't it gets to your information but not to your application and the most important sign the one I hope you will not miss is that there is a sign that was given that a virgin would be born to give a virgin would give birth to a son and his name would be Emmanuel and you just need to start receiving God with me God with us God with you in your mess I can't invite God into my mess actually that's a sign honey he's trying to get you to see that's exactly where he wants to be I got to clean it up I got to ignore that I got to pretend like that doesn't exist because it's Sunday no that's that's exactly where he wants to meet you in your mess in the middle of your mess with his great mercy I wonder today if God is still distant from you because you are distant from him where it matters the most. And he loves you. And he likes you just the way you are. And he's trying to get to you through stupid signs all over your life. Just receive a sign. Receive something of his love. Receive something of his grace. 
receive something of the second chance because God is as close as the air that you breathe right now. And God is pressing against your soul. And God is knocking at the door of your heart and speaking to you in this moment, saying, I love you and I'm here for you. And I'm invested in you more than you could possibly dream, think, or imagine. And I have greatness for you. But you gotta get what I'm trying to say in the middle of all your sloppy, of all your gory. I see greatness. Come on, anybody believe in a God of greatness? He's like, I'm not, I'm not against you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. Move towards the star. If you see the sign, move towards the sign. If you see his son, move towards Jesus, not away from him. Jesus is Emmanuel. You should never come to God and feel guilty. There is therefore now no condemnation for those of you who are moving towards the sun. Those of you who are moving towards the sign. Those of you who are moving towards the star. He says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. If you're running away from religion, you're running towards God. If you're running away from rules, you're running towards God. You have no idea how close he really is to you. He is for you, not against you. Step towards the star. Step towards the sign. Step towards his son. Jesus says, if you come to me, everybody who's weary, everybody's worn out, I will give you rest for your soul. Today, God is saying, I can put you at peace in your mind, your will, and your emotions. I can set you up in life for success and greatness like you could never find in and of yourself. This is not about you getting right and coming to me. This is about me being right and coming to you.